Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. Hey, are you glad to be in church this morning? Oh, all 13 of you. Come on. There's more than that. Come on. Are you glad to be in church this morning? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Um, Gene and Brenda, I know you're watching online. Hey, we are praying for you. I haven't really talked to you that much, but I hope you're doing well. I hope you're getting a lot of sun on you. Come back super tan. We are grateful that you are a part of us, that you're leading us, and you deserve this rest and relaxation. So, So thank you so much. Hope you're enjoying your time. Feel free, you can close your web browser, go off and have breakfast together somewhere. It'll it'll be all right. We love you for it. Well, this morning, church, what a morning it's been already. Thank you to the Restore Worship for leading us so well. Can we just give honor to them? Yeah, absolutely incredible. Leading us to Jesus, to encounter Jesus this morning. I'm telling you, I've grown up in the church the way that uh, I feel like I connect with God the most is through song and singing, so... If you hear me singing out, I'm sorry. I just absolutely love the ways in which God uses song and lyric and instruments. It's just absolutely incredible. Well, if you don't know me, my name is Jordan. It has been a hot second since I've been up here. Literally, uh, it was March like 8th, uh, 2020, the last time I spoke up here. So I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'll just set the table here early that uh, it's been a hot second, but I'll give you a 30-second elevator speech because there are some of you who don't know me. So, hey, my name is Jordan, and I've been hanging around Restore since the very beginning, since the very launching of our church. Uh, God called me to lead students, and I've been doing that for a good while now. And uh, a leader of student ministry here at Restore, we We desire for middle school and high school students to know Jesus and create a better world that it's uh, we'll get to it in a little bit, but it's, it's always something to, to take what you've learned in, in knowing Jesus and pursuing him and take it outside of the walls of the church. And that's what we desire out of middle school, middle school and high school students to go back into their, their schools or campuses and to make a difference right where they're at, whether it be at the lunch table or I always pick on chemistry. I hated chemistry growing up. Sorry. Sorry, y'all. But to make a difference to those around you. Uh, So if my language is a little bit off this morning from what might be your normal, typical Sunday morning speaker, it's because I hang out with middle school and high school students, and I'm just submersed with them, so I apologize ahead of advance if I say, can I get a witness? It's just me trying to be hip and cool as a (laughs) 34-year-old, right? What? He's 34? Yeah, I am. I definitely am. Y'all, I got to... Incredible wife, as most people always say about their spouse. She is absolutely incredible. She basically, at this point, is leading our home, and we're raising two, well, not-so-little boys at this point to be world changers, and uh, life is in full force right now. We are kind of struggling with this whole, um, uh, we might have made a poor parenting decision here more recently, where both our boys, both boys, they're, they're active and they like sports, but one of them, we decided to let the one do two spring sports right now, and the other one is just doing one. So we're, we're baseball and soccer right now. Life is in full force. We don't know if that was a good decision or not. We're still in the, 
uh, in, in, the, in the dabbling of that, if I could relate to this past week, we're not doing well at it. So <laughs> we need your prayers, y'all. Oh my goodness, it's like Krista was on the way to baseball and she's like um, sitting in the parking lot here and cool thing, well, uh, Braden, we left his glove at home. It's like, oh my gosh. And y'all, I grew up in baseball, like baseball is my passion. Y'all, we just need your prayers. That's all I gotta say. Hey. I'm going to talk to our online community here real quick. Hey, online community, we are, like I said earlier, we're so grateful that you are here. The platform that you are on right now has so many ways for you to be a part of the room in our community right now. So whether that's jumping in the chat, being bold and being brave and encouraging those right there in the chat, or whether it is uh, the investing in the work that is right there within the platform as well as lifting up prayer needs that you do have be bold, be brave this morning. Send this link maybe to somebody else that you might know, and I believe you'll be better for it. All these things are for you to be part of our community this morning, and we are grateful that you are joining in. So, hey, we are continuing our conversation on what is the church. Real quick, look to your neighbor, look to your neighbor real quick, and ask him, hey, what, what would you say the church is? Real quick, do it. 30 seconds, go for it. What is the church? What would you say the church is? If you were asked the question, go ahead, return the question back to the person. What is the church? What is the church? What is the church? This is to get you to connect with those around you right now. Isn't it great? It's absolutely great. What is the church? What is the church? You know, like starting Restore here, we've asked the question, like, what is the church in this local expression right now on the corner of Fifth and Madison? Like, you know, we weren't always in this building, but what is the church? And, and we've got to put some, some foundational things in place from the very beginning and the launching of our church, but what should the church look like? It's the question that we're asking over these next couple of weeks together. What should the church be known for? Ooh, I don't know if I want to go to that right now, but what should it be known for? Like, is it, is it about the ministries? Is it serving? Is this church serving? Is church giving of your resources, your finances, your treasures, your talents? Like, what is the church? What is it Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., right? Or 9 a.m. or whenever other churches meet? What is the church? I want to tell you this morning that it's my belief. It's my belief is that church I don't know if I'm right here. The church is, is people like you. It's people like you and me coming together to, to know Jesus and to make Jesus known. Anybody feel me on that? It's coming together. Yeah, it, it is. Okay, is it a building? Okay, it can be aspects of a building. Is it ministries? Yeah, it can be aspects of ministry. Is it serving? Is it praying? Like, all those encompass, but at the very core, the simple truth is that it's you and it's me coming together to know Jesus, coming together to know Jesus and make him known, not to just inform ourselves on what Jesus said or how he lived, but really apply his words, apply his truth to our lives and live it out daily, not to just be I'm going to step on some toes, not to just be consumers. <laughs> Thank you for whoever said that. <laughs> That's for somebody. Got him. 
Not to just be consumers, but to be contributors. And I put myself in that just as much as anybody else, okay? It's, it's what Jesus said, not to just leave it for ourselves, but do exactly what he said in Matthew. If you have your Bibles, feel free to open up to Matthew chapter 28. Do you have your Bibles? Oh boy. Oh boy. You can download it quickly on, on your phone if you <laughs> go to your app store. It says this in Matthew chapter 28, middle of verse 18. It says, all authority in heaven. Now, okay, I'll pause. My Bible has red letters. If you don't know this, this is Jesus talking. These are his words. It says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Say it with me. Therefore. Come on. Therefore. Type it in the chat right now. Therefore, go. Right? Yes. Go and make disciples of all nations. Huh. All nations, okay. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them, mm, here it is, teaching them to obey, to obey everything that I have commanded you right here. And I love this, this next part. We don't have to do this alone. Here's God's promise. And surely I am with you always. Man. So we have a mandate. We have a go. What is the church? Well, it's you and I living out this mission of go. It's through, as that verse said, it's through Jesus' authority that he calls us, he calls you, he calls me, that he sends us, that it's through his authority that he guides us, and it's his authority that he empowers us to go. It's through Jesus' authority that he empowers us to go. And some, like 2,000 years ago, Jesus told his disciples that the ones that were closest to him, like his best friends, you could say, to go and to make disciples, not to just leave the teachings and and the conversation just to themselves. And now fast forward some 2,000 years later. Sorry, front row and second row, you are in the spit zone. I'm so sorry. I just saw the spit go. No, fast forward some 2,000 years later, God is telling us as this local expression of Jesus followers that his mission isn't done on this earth. What is the church? It's you and I, and it's going. And that's where I want to go this morning. Our mission is is to go, to seek and to save that which was lost. Yes, that was Jesus' mission on this earth. But if Jesus lives in us, church, if Jesus lives in us, then that has to be our mission. That has to be our mission. Yes, Jesus says, I want you, I want you to go and make disciples. We, uh, I feel it, like we have to own the mandate. We, we have to have ownership of the, of the mission over the past week. I've got the incredible opportunity to, to sit down with a, a family from our community here at Restore to talk about and to hear what their go has looked like in their life. And one of the ways that we value community here at Restore is not just to hear from Gene or Pastor Gene or, or Brenda or myself or any others, but is for, to have you speak into us as well. And in just a little bit, I'm going to invite Darren and Jolene Schrock to come and share with us what their go has looked like in their lives. Because they're not in church leadership right now. You're not a pastor, not on staff. So what, what does that look like as, as the body of the church? What has it looked like in their lives to go? And they have this incredible ministry that, that has transpired. And 
We'll talk about it a little bit later, but it's not just, like, it is about that ministry, right, and what has come from it, but it's God's obedience and his faithfulness on your guys' lives in the go in which you have been obedient to following. And we're going to have a conversation in just a second about that. But I want to encourage us that God is giving us this command of go. I got a buddy. Um, well, I'm going to say this before that. Because here's, here's my title. If you're a note taker this morning, write this down. We can either be on mission or we can be out of commission. We can be on mission living this thing out, what Jesus has called us to, or we can be out of commission. They're not here this morning, but we have uh, a family that has this incredible Studebaker that they drive around in the summer times, and it's this beautiful car. And, and I was thinking, like, just that the picture of what if that car was just put in the barn and, and sat in there for years and years and years and years? We would say it's like it's not living to its full potential, right? It's not living to its full value. And I believe it's that way it can be with our relationship with Jesus. We, we have all the potential in the world to, to make a difference right where we are, but for whatever reason, we either A, we don't, we don't have a relationship with Jesus, B, we don't know the, the, the go in our lives, or C, we, we, we know the goes, but we've said, uh, no. And we put ourselves out of commission. I was a uh, Marco Poloing. Everybody know that app? <laughs> with a good buddy. Um, he's running lights this morning with a good buddy this week, and I was kind of downloading some of my thoughts on this upcoming message. And he's like, Bro, it's simple. It's go, it's an action verb. And I'm like, Shoot, my head didn't even go there. It is an action. You're right, it is, right? Go is an action. We could have all the potential in the world that God has given us, but for, for some reason or what another, we like to use, use that as a, you know what, no, that's, that's, for, that's for somebody. That, that, that's for the church as an organization. I, and this morning, we're going we're gonna to dive into that because I believe the go is now. The go is now, and it's not for me. It's not for Pastor Brax or it, it's for all of us collectively. What is the church? It's you and I. Reaching our mission field out there. And I believe this morning we can come into alignment. Open up your Bibles with me officially to Acts chapter 13. You have now downloaded the Bible app on your phone so we can go there. Acts chapter 13. We're going to look at an important moment in the life of the early church. We've been looking back in the, in the book of Acts to say, what is the church? What did the early church look like? And so right now we're going to go to Acts chapter 13 where we see this, we're going to see this incredible moment where the church is seeing the need, the fact that the world needs to hear about Jesus, not just to Jews or to Gentiles, but not just people in the Middle East, but people all around the globe. And what we find here in verse 1, read along with me, it's going to be on the screen behind me if you did not download your Bible yet, it says, now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now, you might have not heard of Antioch before. Antioch was the third largest Roman city in the ancient world. It was right behind Rome. There was Alexandria. Then there was uh, Antioch. And Antioch, you might, you might not have heard of it because it doesn't 
exist anymore because the Persians came over, destroyed it somewhere around 540 AD. So it was really never heard of again, but at the time, it was the capital of Christianity. We find that it's in Antioch where the first uh, word, uh, the term Christian, comes about. So Antioch is the capital of Christianity, and in this, in this city, in this church then, we, we find five leaders. There was Barnabas, Barnabas, which some of you might have heard that name before. We could have a whole message on Barnabas, that you need to be a Barnabas, and you need a Barnabas in your life. We're not going there this morning, but Barnabas, if you're doing a, a study of an individual, study him. He's the traveling companion to the Apostle Paul. Then there was Simon, there was Lucius, and there was Mannion, who, who basically, Mannion, he, he, he grew up with Herod, the Bible says, but it's, it's the same Herod, like King Herod. Like King Herod, the, the Herod who, who presided over one of Jesus' trials, the same Herod who killed John the Bas uh, Baptist, the, the same Herod you know, who did all of these things. So they both grew up together, but each of them went very different ways in their life. And then lastly, there's Saul. You might, know, you might not have heard Saul before, but you surely have heard of the guy, the Apostle Paul, right? Saul, he later has this conversion to Paul. But Saul, last week we left off where Saul was murdering um, Jesus' followers. So this, Saul was, had this radical conversion going down the road with Jesus, I'm not, with Jesus and once was known for a murderer, now becomes a gospel spreader. Like, I'm telling you, there is nothing that you can do, no, ma no matter what you did last night, there is nothing that you can do that will stop. When you have an encounter with Jesus, that, that will hold you back from the calling that he's over your life. I don't know who that's for this morning. I don't know what you did last night, but there's nothing that can hold you back to going and making a difference in your world for Jesus. Amen? Yeah. It says in verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them to. Many people believe, uh, many scholars believe that they, uh, this group came together, they were worshiping, they were fasting because of the desire, because of the need to spread uh, the good news of Jesus. So they were getting together, they were, they were worshiping together, seeking the Lord of like, Lord, how does this work? How does, how does this work for us? And I love how God answered their prayer. He answered it by using them. This often happens when, God's, when, when, when God moves. He, he moves in the hearts of people that have the burden on their heart. He says, no, 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 no. You have the burden. It's you. It's you that goes. You have something that's burning inside of you right now? It might be, I might be talking to somebody this morning that you might be the one that, that needs to go and do it. That's what we find here in, in Acts 13 2, verse 3. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. People came around, the church came around them and prayed for them and, and sent them off. And, and one thing that, that is key in all of this, when, when, when you say yes to God's call on your life, when you say yes to the go that, that God has for you, you have to say no to some things that are going to keep you from that call, right? Yeah. And that's what it meant by that they were set apart. There's some things that you're going to have to let go to then go. 
You know, so often we want to be backseat drivers to God's work. No, 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 God, it's for the church. We need to, they can do it. Or, right, right we, we list the reasons of the whys. We're not going to do it, and, but you should. Right? Now God's, God's saying, go. So they prayed over them and they sent them off. And then the two of them, verse 4 says, sent them on the way by the Holy Spirit. They went down to Seleucia and sailed there from Cyprus. And what's amazing as, as I read this is, I'm like, uh, uh, where was the blueprint, blueprint here? Like, God, where was the plan that, that you had for them? And I started like freaking out. Like, God, how did they, what, how did they know where to go? And isn't that true of, of our relationships with Jesus sometimes? It's like, God, uh, before I go, you're going to have to download me uh, your plan or else I'm not going. God, I'm not going until you show me. But I think it's the point here in verse 4 that he just says, go. And what does Barnabas and Saul do? They, they go. It was in the ancient world where people understood that their go isn't going to have all the information. And, and I, I might be talking to somebody this morning, your go might not have all the information, but he's still calling you to be obedient, to be faithful. It's verse 5, when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John also known as Mark, John Mark, was with them as their helper. And I at first looked over that real quick. But I, I paused and John, John Mark, he, he leaves with Paul and Barnabas and he goes with them as an assistant. And why is this important? Some of you don't realize this. I, I grew up in church thinking that when God says go, that it's going to be to this huge organization that it's going to be in some far off land that's bringing like tens and thousands of people to Jesus because it feels like that's what God is involved in, the big and the wow. But here we, we have John, John Mark, that he says, you know what, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go as a helper. He's going as an assistant, but what we see as a helper and assistant is, is that he's being obedient. He's being faithful to the go in which God has placed on his life. Sure, he could have thought, nah, you know what, Paul and Barnabas, they're the, they're the real heroes in all of this. I'm just going to go along as just a helper and sit back. But lo and behold, get this, John, John Mark would start writing things down. He would take notes as, as they were out and about. And guess what? God used his obedience, his faithfulness in that moment, that go. And guess what? It's the same John Mark who wrote the Gospel of Mark. Like, what you think is small, what you think is small right now, really is, is just an act of you being faithful and obedient to the God's, God's calling upon your life. And I don't know where it's going to take you. But the question is, what could go look like in your life right now? Because I, I'll put myself in there. I've always thought that the go needs to be this extravagant thing. And, and as I sat down with Darren and Jolene, I began to realize that, wow, our goes are going to look different from one another. Some are going to go to a far off land. Some are going to hop on planes. But there are others that need, because it's, the Bible says it's all nations that need to know Jesus. And that means that it's you that gets to be a part of it. 
Jesus is saying, I, I need you to be a part of it, to go to all nations. I love what Pastor Gene said last week. He said, you know, being faithful in the micro will lead to the macro. And, and I'm t- here to tell somebody this morning that God is ready and waiting for you to be the difference, maybe right where you are at this morning. Darren and Jolene, would you come on up this morning? Could you go welcome Darren and Jolene to the stage? move this out of the way. Darren and Jolene, you've had an incredible go being placed on your life. And I think it's important, not just as, as just a communicator or as a pastor, but to hear from our own. And we sat down and I knew you were the ones that, that we needed to talk to because basically I kind of, I challenged them. I, I gave them a charge to, to get us to think, what does go look like in our lives? It's easy for me as I walk in Monday through Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like my, my go right now is kind of within the church, but it's not restricted within the church. And so you might think, well, Jordan, that, that's just a church thing. That's just pastors. But you guys have lived this out. You've lived this go out. And so help us, like, what a go look like in your life? How did you see the go in your life in, your, in, in the early days? Let me make sure, let me make sure. Oh, nope, nope, there. I should have did this. It's never been a good thing. Yeah, you're good, you're good. (laughs) Um, Honestly, Jordan, for us, you know, we grew up in the church, both of us. Um, And even as a young, young girl, I always knew I wanted to be a mom. Mm -hmm. Um, We got pregnant pretty easily when we decided to start a family, but I lost that pregnancy through a miscarriage. And um, after that, we really struggled to get pregnant again and um, actually found out that it wasn't going to be a, a thing for us to be able to, to biologically have children. Yeah. So that um, was really difficult, as you could imagine, thinking that that was um, what I felt like my life was yeah. m- made for, to be a mom. Um, and so, yeah, you, you said you grew up in the church, grew right? Grew up in the church, yeah. So, such a, you know, what we prayed for earlier today, such yeah. a tragic situation. Was there a lot of doubt that came from that? There was. There Any was questions? There was um, anger. Yeah. There was frustration. There was um, questioning of my faith. And, and I really thought, how can I go to church and sit and worship when I feel so uh, lost, left behind? Wow. You know, I didn't feel like I was chased. I didn't feel like I was the one that was um, being pursued because um, I felt like God placed that in my heart to be a mom. Yeah. How could he take it away and take away the ability to ever be a mom? It felt very cruel mm. to me. So how did we begin to go? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We went to church again one Sunday, honestly. Um, I had a moment of peace that maybe I'm just going to be the best aunt that this world had ever seen. I didn't know what it looked like, um, but I felt like um, I, I am still loved and there's purpose for the pain. Um, so we went to church and lo and behold, our assistant pastor, well, and I should tell you this had been probably a year. It had been a long time since we went to church. Um, but our assistant pastor and his wife were standing up and asking for prayer because 
they were leaving to go to Ethiopia later that week to adopt their daughter. And I leaned over to Darren and just kind of said, what do you think about adopting? And he said, let's go. <laughs> right? Like, with, I mean, you said kind of like without like hesitation, right? You just literally said like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the wonderful thing is that I think we oftentimes think God's going to ask us this really difficult thing that is out of left field. But this was working. God was getting us to this place for a period of time, a year, where we were to the point where we were, I mean, it was, of course, this has got to be it. I mean, it, we were just open to what was next. Yeah. And that's, that's when it came into our lives. And that's, honestly, it was, it's not always an easy yes when God asks us to do things, but he was gracious enough to get us to a point where the next yes was, was an easy one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you say easy. I, I would think, like, wow, like, I, I would be like, God, where's the blueprint here? Like, yeah. Overseas. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I, I love, I love the way, when we talked, you know, you, even this morning, you were like, well, you know, I think our first go was kind of like just going back to church. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who that is for, but that might be somebody you know if you're online is getting back to church. Could that be your first go? And from that, I, just, I, I love the, the story that, that you painted for me, though, of the, of the goes. And the go kind of never stopped. And I think a lot of us, even for me, that you feel like you reach a point and you're like, okay, God, cool. Like, I'm going to put you nice in the box. And I'm going to put you up here. Don't move. Don't move. Everything's good. But the go kept going, right? He kept going. And so tell me a little bit more of like, yeah, you went to Ethiopia and who'd you find? And yeah. So I was 24 when we decided to adopt, and I found myself in Ethiopia in orphanages with my heart just wrecked. Um, And I remember looking in the cribs and thinking, who's going to come for that baby? Yeah. Um, And does this one have a mama coming? And the answer was always no. Um, So, of course, as we were walking out of the orphanage, I was like, we're dedicating our lives to the cause of the orphan. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, Jolene, um, can we go home and give ourselves six months, right? That was the conversation. I think it was a year. Okay, maybe it was a year. And it then, may have and been then a year. Into six months. Well, you, I think it was more like three months, but three months later, we decided to adopt again because both of us were just, I think, awakened, mm. but also um, we had seen the goodness and the faithfulness in our adoption journey, and we had seen God showing up time after time, and it was like, of course we'll say yes again. And so we signed back up and brought home two more babies. So it was Claire and Claire and Ben and Stella. Um, So then I became a mom of three, you know, under two in about 18 months, and that Oh, we should have prayed for you guys too. I know. Shoot, shoot. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, wow. But in that, in that, we were introduced to an incredible Ethiopian man who had a vision for his community, didn't have resources. And I said, we have money. Mm. And I kind of know people who have some money comparatively to -hmm. what they were living in. Um, And doggone it, I'll unapologetically ask people for their resources to help see your vision for the poor and the marginalized, the orphan and the widow um, come to 
reality. Wow. So in the midst of having three babes, we said yes again to starting a nonprofit. Wow. All from the go of what you felt was heartache. Mm -hmm. That this beautiful picture and the family, but not, God just didn't leave it at family. Family is important, but he just didn't leave it there, right? How can you help us as a community to, to see our goes? What, what, what would you say to, you know, if you were to sit down with any one of us today and be like, okay, like, yeah, you guys, Awaken the Lives, your ministry. Real quick, tell us about Awaken the Lives, though, if you, if you wouldn't mind. Give us your 30-second sure. elevator speech on that. Yeah, yeah. so Awaken Alive is a funding arm for uh, a school that's been built in Ethiopia, and there's over 200 kids there now uh, that are either being educated or they're getting uh, after-school services similar to Boys and Girls Club here in, in the States. Uh, but we, we were the grant funding arm of that. It's an all-Ethiopian-run uh, organization mm -hmm. on the ground. And so we were the ones who said, we'll find the resources for you. you. You build the dream, we'll find the resources. And that's what we're doing today. Wow. So yeah, that's absolutely incredible. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Absolutely incredible. So how would you, how would you help us this morning in, in whether we're just, you know, working an eight to five job or we're in industries or we're in education, like how, how what would you say, how could you speak into us this morning? Uh, what has God revealed to you and your goes that maybe we could find something from this morning? I, I think it can look a, a, a couple of different ways, but you heard Jolene talk about miscarriage, and that was a really ugly part of our lives in the sense that uh, it was a tragedy for both of us. But our God is great at taking a tragedy and turning it into something that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Uh, walking into the school and being bombarded with hundreds of kids. I mean, we went from a miscarriage to that. And that's, so when tragedy hits our lives, I think we're tempted to hold on to that, that pet tragedy. And I'm not saying you shouldn't grieve, you absolutely should. You should grieve those tragedies. You should heal. But the next question is, okay, our God takes those things and he, he makes them beautiful. So what, what's going to come out of this? And I think that's, for a lot of people, the first place that I would look. Hmm. Um, but it doesn't have to be that necessarily. It can also be, you know, who's in front of me right now? Uh, because our, you saw what happened with us. I mean, we just showed up to church. <laughs> and some days that's hard. Some days that is hard. Um, but we didn't have a blueprint of where this was going. We showed up to church, and a couple of years later, we're, you know, we're starting a nonprofit. I mean, I'm not trying to scare you, but that's, <laughs> but that's yeah. the fun of our faith, right? Wow. We get to partner with God. We get to do these things with God. And I, if you're feeling stale in your faith, you got to, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, try stepping out. And see what happens, mm. because that's, that's where the fun is. I mean, yeah. it's a huge joy. We're not responsible for anything that's happened other than saying yes. Wow. Honestly. So, wow. Yeah. It's Absolutely. a long-winded, but... <laughs> Man, you should just pray for us right now. That was incredible. Good grief. Thank you guys for being vulnerable in this. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.